In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Imagine, because we can't remember, imagine how you first discovered life. How you first became aware of your, of your own life. Not just simply having a visual experience on the other side of your eyeballs, but beginning to discover your fingers and your toes and your, your belly being hungry and wanting to be clean. Remember or imagine more likely how we discovered gradually that we came from someone else. And consider for a moment how our, our first attachment is to those who love us the most. And before we have concepts, let alone words, we immediately expect that that one who loves me or those who love me the most have everything that I need. And before we begin to understand where babies come from, we naturally assume that that these beautiful faces whom we've grown to love because they love us the most are the ones who gave us life. In a similar way, as we grow in knowledge and wisdom, we come to discover that our life doesn't simply have its origin in mom and dad because our soul was created out of nothing by God. And then unfolds a, a whole another mystical layer of understanding that we came from someone who loves us even more. And discovering who this is who loves me and who created me and understanding him tells me who I am and what I am about. For good reason, the church affirms the dignity of every human life and especially because we ought to have the experience of being born of a mother and father who love us and who love each other, we understand more immediately the wound that comes from that not having been the case in some instances. In fact, we'll even know, not as a problem that simply needs a technical remedy, but those who, who grew up without experiencing love are that much more better off, or that much better off, when they not only come to appreciate their, their dignity as one created in the image and likeness of God, but also when they experience the love from someone who loves them like a real mother, 
from someone who loves them like a real father. It's not enough just to hear about it. We have to experience that in order to be whole. A slight sidebar worth highlighting is how we, again, we rightly affirm the dignity of every human being. Any, any baby that's conceived is a cause for rejoicing. Every baby that has been created out of nothing by God should be one whom we love and protect and bring to baptism to be able to introduce the promise of eternal life. Just a few days ago, my, uh, my niece just graduated from eighth grade on the same day that our eighth graders finished St. John Academy. And this uncle waited a long time for something like this. As the baby in the family, with my brother and sister-in-law being married when they were finished with their PhDs, with my sister-in-law being one of these incredibly smart, hardworking, beautiful people whom companies couldn't throw more generous job offers and universities couldn't award with more teaching fellowships. Her great desire, her great ambition is to be a mom. God allowed that great desire to be frustrated for 10 years. And when, when worldly people insist on having their own baby, their own way, by whatever technical means are necessary, there are lots of really horrible things that happen. Right? Conceived babies that are frozen, conceived babies that are destroyed, even babies in the womb that are permitted to grow and that are selectively eliminated. My brother and sister-in-law had difficulty finding a doctor who was able to help them without compromising their conscience. There are a few out there. Their business models aren't particularly profitable. But the church informs us and couples in that situation not only that human life can't be destroyed, but also that every human being should be born of an act of love between their mother and father. Fortunately, there, there are some forms of NFP that are very simple, very easy, uncomplicated, easy to teach, easy to learn. The missionaries of charity have great success teaching very, very simple forms of NFP all throughout the world. And also, fortunately, there are some very, very sophisticated scientifically complex forms of natural family planning that can help a couple even in difficult circumstances, whether it be for the usual reason why someone might think of NFP, or in the case of my brother and sister-in-law, to be able to conceive. And so whenever I do marriage prep for young couples, I always tell them, I really, really, really want you to learn NFP not because you ought to be getting married and thinking about delaying your babies, but because, primarily, there's a way that those couples love and communicate that helps them have a much more successful marriage. Moreover, by the time you need to know 
you won't want to take four months to learn a method that's seemingly complicated. And since it was the Creighton method that helped my brother and sister-in-law conceive two babies in three years, making me an uncle finally, I couldn't be the biggest fan. Every human being should know that they came into the world because mom and dad loves each other and loves them. Every human being should know because we have preached to them the gospel that their soul was created not simply by a brute act of force by an almighty God who simply wants things to be created so he can rule them and judge them so that he can get credit for being merciful because he doesn't squash them like ants as they suppose themselves to be. No, every human being should know the gospel, should know the life and death and resurrection of Christ, should know the dispensation of the Holy Spirit on all souls who believe in Christ and know that they were created by God who is love. Not simply power, not simply almighty, not even simply all-knowing, but the origin of life because he is the origin of love. God exists of necessity. It's impossible for God not to exist. Where does this begetting, where does this incarnation come from? From love, from the very nature of God to love. The love of God the Father is so perfect, the self-emptying of God the Father so complete that God the Son is begotten of God the Father, perfectly equal in dignity, perfectly equal in divinity, and perfectly united, distinguishable but not separable. The love of Son for the Father is so perfect that what ensues is the procession of the Holy Spirit. This phenomenon of love resulting in another being is how then we come into the world. God loves to give glory to the Trinity. The universe is created because the love of God, the love of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit deserves to be worshipped and praised, deserves to be magnified and glorified. And then we come into the world, our souls are created out of nothing, out of another unfolding of love, out of the, the free will of these creatures created by God to love each other and to love that which will come in the future, to love that person who will exist for all eternity. So when we when we begin our prayers and when we receive a blessing in the name of the Holy Trinity, whether we bow profoundly, lower our head, or make the sign of the cross, we're not simply announcing that we are about to do something officially sanctioned. We're about to do something from, um, from good faith. And it's not even simply enough to say that we're doing something on behalf of God. But we are 
acknowledging that we are inside the mystery of the love of God by being in communion with him. Whether it be something we are about to say, a word of benediction, or a blessing, or even an act. When we teach, when we proclaim Christ, to be in this mystery of love of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which we've considered now for several Sundays, how God, the love of God isn't just simply bland and uniform, and how when the good God is able to give us because we have opened ourselves to being baptized, he then is able to love us not just as a, a beautiful creature, but as a son, as a daughter. And now we recognize that it is in this mystery of the Holy Trinity that we will experience eternal glory. And it's inside this mystery of the Trinity that we know who we are. We know where we came from. We know where we are going. We know what we are about. We wield the power of God and the authority of God. We rule and we govern with love, because of love, for the sake of love, with mercy and forgiveness. When we understand this incredible dignity imparted to each and every one of us, it's obvious then that everyone, everyone grows up, certainly, slowly discovering who they are, where they came from, naturally assuming that the ones who give them love are the ones who give them life. But all of this is just a faint shadow of a beginning of understanding the enormity of coming from the Trinity. All of us stand at a huge deficiency to, to be able to understand this and, and to return this love. Most overwhelmed by this mystery are the, the three brand new priests who were just ordained yesterday for us. Father Vaccaro, Father Willard, Father Agen, Bernie and Louise's grandson. They are this morning caught up in this mystery of knowing that they, by virtue of the power of the Holy Spirit, are conformed to act in the person of Christ to offer worship back to God the Father. They probably weren't able to sleep last night, and they're probably trembling. It'll take many hours for their hands to stop shaking. That's not just by the means by which a priest does something official. That's the way that all of us as the Christian body of Christ are lifted back up to heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit in the person of Christ back to God the Father. Your origin isn't simple. And God wants you to understand from which you came and where you are going so that in everything you live and you work and you love in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.